Hello and welcome to the Bite Size Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Phil Shiroki, and tonight we are going to talk about spiritual warfare, putting on the whole armor of God. We're going to look at Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. And then we're also going to look at 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 11 to 16. This is continuing on that whole spiritual warfare topic that I touched on a little while ago. I believe this is an essential, core, bedrock, foundational principle. I don't know how many other words I can use to describe how important this is, but... Spiritual warfare is 100% on us to engage in at all times. Regardless of how you feel, trust me when I say, give everything to God. Everything. When you pray, be as raw and graphic as you want to be with the Lord. Because believe it or not, he knows you better than he knows you know yourself, better than you think you know yourself. So bring everything to him. Again, God's not shy, and we're not religious here. <clears throat> this is all about relationship. So remember, you have a God that loves and cares about you and is more intimate with you than any person could ever be in your life including yourself because remember he knows not only what happened yesterday what happened today but he knows what's going to happen tomorrow and for eternity future so don't be bashful the only hesitation that will be caused within you would be things that you may want to hold on to and again give every single area of your life to god the things you try to hold on to are the things that will kill and destroy you. So, without any further ado, let's get into it. Okay, like I said, we are going to start at one of the more well-known verses in the New Testament. Um, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. This is about putting on the whole armor of God. Literally equipping yourself in the spiritual realm for this spiritual warfare that you're going to engage in. You must engage. Like I said, you when I talk about kill and die, I'm talking spiritually. Um hopefully not <laughs> hopefully not physically because believe it or not You'd be amazed how dominoes can fall with one certain decision or one certain choice. And um, I've seen it in not only my own life, but other people's lives, that every choice we make has an impact spiritually. And um, yeah, this is essential. So here we go again, starting in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, my brethren. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. 
put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. My Bible notes here that word wiles can also be translated into schemings. Satan is always trying to get us away from God and his purposes. The thing Satan hates the most in this world is someone who has committed their life to God, turned away from sin, and wants to follow and walk in the ways of God. It infuriates Satan. And look, just as God knows us better than we know ourselves, Satan operates in this spiritual realm. And things that may look innocent, things that may look good, just like in the garden, when the fruit appealed to Eve and the serpent said, hey, there's nothing bad about this. Just try it. I, along with many others, have fallen into sin simply thinking you're going to try something maybe once or maybe take this little step out of God's will or maybe do this little thing. And all of a sudden, again, the dominoes start to fall and all of a sudden you're in a place that you never intended to be. And believe me, it can take years to build up a good, strong relationship with God, and it can take days for that to start to crumble, decay, and for you to fall back into old ways. And before you know it, sometimes you're worse than when you even started, believe it or not. Again, the enemy is a schemer, and he will try again. If we were to see Lucifer with our physical eyes, you probably wouldn't believe that he is as evil and the evil one that he really is. He'd probably be appealing. Um, he was one of the highest ranking angels in the kingdom of God. Now, as you see around in, in real life, people's lives that go downhill, they tend to physically, their appearance tends to follow. So I do believe at this point, Lucifer is probably not the um, angelic being he once was, given all the corruption and the evil that he's allowed himself to, um, well, undertake and be part of in his rebellion. He's probably a pretty, I don't know, funky looking thing at this point. But again, who knows? I don't know. But I will say this. It's not about how Lucifer, that disgusting entity, appears. The point is, he's a deceiver. He is wily and a schemer. And again, you have to be very cautious. If you have that gut check within you, when something comes your way saying, eh, maybe you shouldn't do this, trust your gut. There's nothing wrong with ever putting something off. And look, if there's an opportunity there, and if it's of God, it's not just going to go away. So if you're scared of losing an opportunity, quote unquote, if that opportunity comes and goes, there's probably a good reason for it. Okay? So picking up with verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age. 
against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Again, that verse right there, kind of touching on what I said before, these world leaders, these people in power, you know, the persecutors in, in this world, the people that may be, you know, you can consider them enemies or people that are just very harsh, people that are, you know, afflicting you in your life. Understand there's a spiritual side behind all of this. So as much as we want to, it's easy to look at the physical and, and have emotion or negative emotion towards it. Understand again, Satan is a deceiver. He's, he's wily. He's a schemer. So he puts these things in different parts of our lives and in society, you know, to easily have something visual to look at and target. So it takes almost attention off of him. But realize he is the evil one behind all of that. So this is why it's important, very important to engage actively every day, all the time in spiritual warfare. Because you better believe they are working, that the dark entities in this world are work, working day and night to work against the kingdom of God and against anyone who's serving the Lord and trying to advance that kingdom. So don't take it for granted and don't look at the physical and think everything is exactly how it appears. It's always good with this spiritual warfare. One thing I always say is pray for spiritual discernment. God will give you eyes to see, ears to hear. And I'm not talking physically, I'm talking spiritual eyes, spiritual ears to hear. It's God will bless you and give you that guidance because he loves us and we're his people. Don't get me wrong. As much as I can sit and say the Satan can do this and that, remember, we are God's people. So I don't want to take anything away from the fact that God fills us with his Holy Spirit to strengthen us, to guide us and empower us, undergird us in times of weakness, um, forgive us when we fall, and ultimately God keeps us on the path to righteousness, but we must walk that path and be very conscious of just, again, everything that's going on around us at all times. So picking up at verse 13, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Quickly, that word withstand means compare. Antihistamine from anti against and histemi to cause to stand. The verb suggests vigorously opposing, bravely resisting, standing face to face against an adversary. Standing your ground, just as an antihistamine puts a block on histamine, antihistamine tells us that with the authority and spiritual weapons granted to us, we can withstand evil forces. So again, that word withstand pretty much encompasses exactly what I just said, that we are called to vigorously oppose the enemy, bravely resist, standing face to face against an adversary, standing your ground. You know, it gives a bit of a, you know, literally a warfare type of um, 
image there. And that's what we're called to do, to not only resist, but stand up boldly against the enemy, against the enemy's attacks. Pray. Prayer is essential. Jesus prayed and fasted and spent a lot of time by himself with the Father for this exact reason. He's our example. We must follow that example. Again, if we don't, we will die. And it's that simple. So picking up a verse 14, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having showed, shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Again, right there, that one thing that really stuck out to me is when Paul says, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. I mean, the sword is typically one of your most offensive, aggressive weapons. And as you can see, Paul compares uh, the Word of God and calls it the sword of the Spirit. So we're interacting with the Holy Spirit, depending fully on the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit. And then also that goes hand in hand with getting into the living word of God. Like, like we said yesterday, like I was talking about meditating and letting the word truly get into your heart, into your spirit, soaking in so that you can take up that word. You know, Jesus came back and used scripture against Satan at times when he was literally going back and forth. When um, Satan was tempting Jesus before he was crucified, um, Jesus just laid out verse by verse, um, just as did Satan. So it's important, again, to really be grounded and rooted in the word of God. Study daily, every morning. You know, I don't want to be legalistic here, but when it's really important that you get disciplined in this. It's not about be getting, you know, anything extra or any any gold stars or anything like that. This is about survival. This is about literally taking up your sword of the spirit, you know, putting on this armor of God and being prepared for the spiritual battle that we all face every day regardless of race, creed, color, class, um, demographic uh, location. Some people have it worse than others. And, you know, it. it's all about what we face in our lives and relying on God and the Holy Spirit to provide and, you know, um, be that ultimate father that we all need, that we can rely on fully for everything. So picking up at verse 19, a couple more verses. And for me, the utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel 
for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. And we'll stop there. Paul's awesome. I mean, he the way he writes these letters and everything he says, I mean, you talk about a guy full of the spirit and you talk about a guy used by God, just the way he, the way the Holy Spirit flows through him and just the way he was able to so eloquently and beautifully put and just paint pictures with words and you know, it just, it, it totally goes hand in hand with the character of God, the simplicity, as I always talk about with the gospel, you know, it, look, there's no secret to this. There's no secret knowledge. There's nothing, you know, pray, read the Bible, you know, stick to what you know, be cautious and <laughs> um, be, be girded with the truth and put on this armor spiritually as is outlined here in Ephesians 6, 10 to 20, and you will succeed. You will succeed in this spiritual warfare. Um, quickly, I want to go back and look at some notes real fast. So the notes here for, again, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And basically what he's saying there is the charge is to brethren, not only each individual, but with corporate implications for the whole church. So again, he's Paul's addressing everyone. He's not just saying elders, pastors, praise leaders, um, you know, ushers, deacons, whatever you want to call people that have these leadership roles in church. We all have this responsibility and imagine a church full of people who are all fully committed to spiritual warfare. That's my vision for the church. That's what my vision for doing this podcast. That's my vision for this revival. I believe we're about to see for possibly one last time before everybody's called home. So then chapter 6, verse 12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. The note down here is pretty awesome. It says, not against flesh and blood. One of the church's greatest demands is to discern between the spiritual struggle and other social personal, and political difficulties. Otherwise, individual believers and groups become too easily detoured, wrestling with human adversaries instead of prayerfully warring against the invisible works of hell behind the scenes. Quickly, I'll stop there. I just, at that note, this is one reason why I believe we are just divided by this ridiculous political discourse in this country and around the world right now, but especially in this country, politics have divided not only society, but now the church as well. This is why it's very wise to just avoid the garbage. I don't care what your political beliefs are, but when it comes down to it, it doesn't matter. That garbage that you're arguing about has no eternal consequence whatsoever. Are we called to visit the poor or visit people in jail, take clothe the poor, care for people? Of course we are. 
but their natural fruit to the spirit of anyone who's truly changed by God. The minute somebody starts rattling off political talking points, you got to just realize what you're doing. All you're doing is being divisive. You're causing upheaval in the church with physical things that, again, are not our enemies. We are not called to fight against flesh and blood. People that fight against flesh and blood are not doing the will of God. They're not doing the kingdom any favors by engaging either side. <laughs> There's no political savior, okay? There's no political figure that is sent here to save anything or anyone, all right? There's no party that is here to do the work or will of God. These people that are in these positions are power-hungry, evil, greedy people. They're the very elite. It's funny that people always, you know, want to hound on, oh, the elite this, oh, the how much they're, they're so this and that. Guess what? The elite are the very people that have you sitting in your house right now, okay? So this garbage about this whole political ideology, regardless of what side of the aisle you're on or what, whatever your sway is, remember, we are not here to fight against flesh and blood, not against your brothers, not against your family, not against anything visually seen, especially taking up this garbage, either side, it, taking up these political arguments. It's just a waste of time. If you really care about the Lord and care about seeing people have their lives change and the advancement of the kingdom of God, put that stuff aside. Turn off the stupid cable news networks, whatever you're watching. They're all ridiculous. I watch none of it because it's divisive garbage, which is why that's this is the route from where I draw that conclusion. And just please, please stop. Just repent. Ask God to show you what is worth fighting for. <laughs> Trust me, there are enough spiritual battles to keep you busy till you go home to heaven, okay? So just stop with the political garbage on both sides of the aisle. It's ridiculous. It's divisive. And frankly, again, those people aren't a – there's no not one that I can think of that are, that are in it for anything other than themselves, okay? They're power-hungry, greedy evil people. So I'll get off my soapbox <laughs> and uh, we'll continue reading here on this um, note on chapter 12. Heavenly places recalls earlier references to one, spiritual resources available to the church. Two, Christ's authority over evil. Three, the churches being seated together with her ascended Lord. Four, the Father's will to display His wisdom through the church to the confounding of evil powers. On these grounds, this passage announces the church's corporate assignment to prayer warfare in order that evil will be driven back and the will of God advanced. All right. So now um, looking at and then this final note for this part, verses six or excuse me, addresses chapter 6, verses 13 to 17 in Ephesians. The metaphor here is based on the armor and battle dress of the first century Roman soldier. 
Clearly, the military metaphor is intended to show the reader that we are engaged in an active battle now. Though some suggest that the viewpoint of a continuous aggressive struggle minimize the minimizes the accomplished victory of the cross, it in fact asserts that victory all the more. All spiritual warfare waged today is victorious only on the basis of appropriating the provision of the cross and Christ's blood. I'll stop there quickly. It's the blood of Jesus is it's essential to wash us clean full of sin, but it also protects us from evil, protects our minds. And it also just is the essential atonement in that spiritual realm. Again, the shed blood of Jesus that was physically done here, we now embrace that blood and we we accept it. And we know that that blood washes us clean of our sin. And when we're covered in that blood, we are covered in the righteousness of God. It sounds gory, but... It is, again, goes back to the necessary atonement for sin, which Jesus was that ultimate sacrificial lamb. So, and then it continues here. One, personal faith that positions itself against evil. And two, aggressive prayer warfare that assails demonic strongholds are two distinct and complementary facets of spiritual life. This entire passage lends further support to this perspective. To stand against means to hold at bay aggressively or to stand in front of and oppose. Wrestle means to engage actively in one-on-one -on -one combat. To stand means to be found standing after an active battle. And stand means take your stand for the next battle. So again, you know, this is just laying out that whole idea of we are engaged actively in warfare, spiritual warfare. Now we'll get into this kingdom dynamic section from this Spirit-Filled Life Bible, New King James Version, addressing, again, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 to 18. Commentator says, Paul admonishes us to put on the whole armor of God in order to stand against the forces of hell. It is clear that our warfare is not against physical forces, but against invisible powers who have clearly defined levels of authority in a real, though invisible, sphere of activity. Paul, however, not only warns us of a clearly defined structure in the invisible realm, he instructs us to take up the whole armor of God in order to maintain a battle stance against this unseen satanic structure. All of this armor is not just a passive protection in facing the enemy. It is to be used offensively against these satanic forces. Quickly to stop there, I try to make it a habit every day um, in my when I pray in the morning to ask specifically the Holy Spirit to go before me and to go before me in every situation with every person I'm going to interact with and to intercede and to just give me a peaceful or 
as resistance free day as possible. And, you know, there's really something about being proactive that way. And again, we're called to be proactive. We're called to recognize this and recognize the importance of spiritual warfare and to actively engage. You don't want to wait like in a real battle. You don't want to wait until the enemy's at your door when you start to go on the offensive. You want to be the offensive force when you're winning a battle. So as us Christians, we need to be the offensive aggressive force against the satanic influence that's trying to, you know, persuade this world. There's going to be pushback. There's going to be a lot of resistance, but it's our job again to actively engage and be proactive, not reactive. So note Paul's final directive. We are to be praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Thus, prayer is not Excuse me. Thus, prayer is not so much a weapon or even a part of the armor as it is the means by which we engage in the battle itself and the purpose for which we are armed. To, to put on the armor of God is to prepare for battle. Prayer is the battle itself, with God's word being our chief weapon employed against Satan during our struggle. Again, when you know the word well, you can just reference back to Bible verses, and that really um, affirms both within yourself and also speaking that word spiritually out really is quite an impactful thing to do. And that's why it's important to get into the word so that you can know the verses and refer back to verses when you're facing certain things. You'd be very surprised. Again, Jesus went scripture for scripture with Satan at a point when he was being tempted. And uh, of course, Jesus defeated Satan because, you know, Satan's such a fool to go against God to begin with. And it's, I just look forward to the day when he's not around, but all right, we're going to finish up here, like I said, with 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 11 to 16. But you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you are also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I urge you in the sight of God who gives life to all things and before Christ Jesus who witnessed the good confession before Pontius Pilate that you keep this commandment without spot blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ's appearing which he will manifest in his own time. He who is the blessed and only potentate I have no idea what that word is. The King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I will address that word because it's pretty awesome. Who alone has immortality dwelling in the unapproachable light, whom no man has seen or can see, to whom be honor and everlasting power. Amen. Um, quickly, just looking at that word power, it means dominion, strength, 
manifested power. The word especially signifies exerted strength, power shown effectively in a reigning authority. Although it is used in Hebrews 2.14 of the devil's power of death, Kratos primarily refers to God's kingdom authority, dominion, and majesty. Awesome stuff. So, all right, I'm going to stop there for now. That's a quick touch on some spiritual warfare. I'm not trying to be too harsh on, you know, politics and the whole discourse thing, but it just, you know, I see how divisive it is at this point in our country, even in the church. Again, I mean, when I see people that call themselves Christians arguing about these stupid things that really, again, have no eternal relevance, I just have to say, why are you wasting your time? You know, I mean, we're called to um, be of one accord and we're called to um, work together, not be divided over again human, physical things. We do not fight against flesh and blood. We fight against principalities and powers that are unseen. The only way to conquer and win that war is to put on the whole armor of God, be proactive on the offensive in spiritual warfare. Let me just say this. If you're on the defensive, if you're being proactive in the spiritual game, in the spiritual warfare, you need to sharpen your sword. You need to get into the word of God. You need to really dedicate your time to what's important. Putting God first, something we touched on a little while ago, God or self, which one are you going to choose? It's not only in the beginning of the day, it's every minute of the day. So, hey, we're all in this together, but I'll tell you, when you make these choices and make these stands, you will see a great difference in your walk, in your ability to engage in spiritual warfare, and most importantly, thankfully, win the war. So, God bless. Have a great day.